welcome to Ulcerative Colitis Autoimmune Healing Journey. I am your journey guide, Jay India, and I'm so happy that you are here because this is a supportive, positive environment where we can heal together. I love how I just said that and my dog walked away. Nice. Anyway, <laughs> this is episode 24, my colonoscopy results and prep October 2022. Please note, I am not a doctor or health professional in any way. If you would like to attempt something mentioned in this episode, please consult your doctor first. Okay, I want to start with a wonderful review I received on Apple Podcast. It's five stars. Title is Just What I Needed. And this was submitted by K.V. O'Brien. I was searching for a UC support and learning podcast and hit the jackpot here. Wow. I also have UC and my current flare started the same time as Jay's. Hmm, interesting. So it's interesting to follow and compare journeys. I'm also into both Western and natural medicine and really appreciate her honest assessment and embrace of both. Thank you so much, KV. I love this. This is perfect. I'm just always happy to see that people are learning and growing and hopefully I'm helping some people. So thank you for that confirmation. All right, I just want to go through a couple news items and then we will get on to the colonoscopy, what I know you guys are dying to hear about. Something getting shoved up my ass. So fun. Anyway, so actor Matthew Perry, who is best known as Chandler from Friends, the TV show Friends, has come out with a new memoir called Friends, Lovers, and the Big Terrible Thing. I just want to read an excerpt from this memoir. I have not read it. I just keep hearing about it. At the height of his addiction, the actor was taking 55 Vicodin a day in addition to methadone and Xanax and a full quart of vodka. I have no idea how Matthew Perry (laughs) is still alive. I mean, God bless. Oh my God. Due to the heavy drug use, the actor nearly died a few years ago when his colon burst and doctors told him he had a 2% chance of survival. Between the near-death experience and needing to wear a colostomy bag for nine months, the actor finally got sober and has been for the last 18 months, which is amazing. My therapist said, oh, I'm sorry, this is Matthew Perry speaking. My therapist said, the next time you think about taking OxyContin, just think about having a colostomy bag the rest of your life. He told People Magazine on Thursday, and a little window opened and I crawled through it and I no longer want OxyContin. Well, there you go. I understand what he's saying, but we do have to be mindful and respectful of listeners of this podcast who may have a colostomy bag for life and they make it work. And by the way, if you're one of these people who are thriving with a colostomy bag because I see you on Instagram, please reach out to me. I'd love to check out your stuff, research you, because I want to get someone on here who would answer my questions about an ostomy or colostomy bag and how you live on the daily with it. I'm so fascinated. You know, just things I think about people with an ostomy bag doing yoga or even if you start dating, how does that work? So please, um, if anyone knows of someone I can interview or if you're that person, please reach out to me, DM me or email me. I also want to say, and I'm sure most of you know this, but just in case you don't, that if you ever need to grab on to um, someone who has 
thrived with UC. You can look to JFK, John F. Kennedy, who was the 35th president of the United States, and he was assassinated. And through diaries, they know that JFK was diagnosed with colitis. But now, with all the information we know, they think it was actually ulcerative colitis. So I think that is so amazing that one of the icons of the world, right? Definitely of you know, the US and at the time he was probably the most powerful leader in the world and he had UC. So if you need to glom on to something, definitely glom on to him. I do think about that sometimes. I'm like, that is crazy. <laughs> that is amazing. Okay. And then the third piece of news is that I am doing a contest. It's a pop culture ulcerative colitis quiz question. And whoever DMs me or emails me first with the right answer will win a PDF copy of my UC book. And this is to thank you for being the most amazing listeners. And you can DM me at two inches off the ground on Instagram, or you can email me at freespiritpodcasts at gmail.com. The question is, what TV character from the early 2000s famously was diagnosed with UC. I will tell you this, it was a big show. I need the name of the character, not the actor's name. So you can say X from X show. You can use a first name of the character or the first or the character's first and last name, but not the actor. So I rewatched the show recently and I was like, no way. And in the episode, you do see the UC diagnosis. And that's all I'm going to say. So I wonder if anyone else knows who this is. All right, you can be the winner. Let's move on to my colonoscopy results. I feel that it's important for you to hear my story. And as you just heard from the Apple podcast review by KV O'Brien and others, and people that reach out to me, they like that they find similarities between my story and their stories. And that really helps them. And it really helps me too. When you guys write to me and DM me and you say, hey, this happened to me and this happened to me on this date. I love hearing all of it. So thank you so much. Last year in 2021, during my life-threatening flare, I was so inflamed that I did not finish my colonoscopy prep because I kept vomiting Gatorade and Miralax. <laughs> the two prep options, at least here in the US, that the gastroenterologists usually give you are either soup prep, which is a disgustingly sweet cough syrup tasting concoction that you chug the day before the colonoscopy and the morning of. Don't even get me started about the ingredient. <laughs> It's propylene glycol, and when you look it up, it's in lighter fluid and all sorts of things. For some reason, my insurance company won't cover it, or there's drama getting it covered. This has now happened three times, so I avoid it altogether. I just think it's the universe saying, don't put it in your body. <laughs> the second option that the gastroenterologist gives is over-the-counter. It's a combination of Miralax, laxative pills, and Gatorade. And again, I did this last year and I threw it all up. Both of these options are full of chemicals. So that's why I believe my body didn't react well to them. Plus I was so inflamed. And I also absolutely hate the taste of Gatorade. Even on a good day, I cannot stand 
Gatorade. My husband drinks it because he does a lot of farm work. So he gets depleted of electrolytes. No, I can't do it. (laughs) This year, I decided to do a two-day prep that I created from an all-natural trusted website and another website or another expert I talk about a lot called listentoyourgut.com, Jenny Patel Thompson. So two days before the colonoscopy, I ate a breakfast of eggs and a slice of sourdough toast. I then started taking magnesium citrate powder mixed with warm water. Magnesium citrate is an all-natural substance The taste was not great. I would say it's a step down from soup prep. It's still gross, but it's not as sickeningly sweet. It's still bad. I had my husband taste just a little bit of it and he was like, oh, (laughs) wasn't great. But the problem was it wasn't quite cleaning me out as I had hoped. So I unfortunately had to add four pills of the laxatives, which really disappointed me because the laxatives, oh God, you don't even want to know what the ingredients are. They were horrendous, um, full of chemicals, shit I never put in my body. I was talking to my husband about this and he said, yeah, well, that's the point of the soup prep. That's the point of the the laxatives. And he makes a good point because he said it's like poison. And of course your body wants to get poison out. So that's why they do it. I agree with him on some level, but I think it can be done all naturally, at least for me. So if you look at Ginny Patel Thompson's colonoscopy prep, she talks a lot about drinking a lot of aloe vera juice, but I've read extensively that it stains your colon. So I didn't do it. I stayed away from the aloe vera juice. I should do it now. I keep forgetting to get it, but I have to get it. I don't have time today. Oh my gosh. Maybe tomorrow. However, I did the probiotic enema as the last step of the prep, which Ginny Patel Thompson highly recommends that. So you do the prep and and this is all done. You know, I did it for two days. And then the night before the colonoscopy, you do the enema because she believes that the colonoscopy wipes out all the good bacteria. So this is kind of a, a protective measure how you do the enema is I bought an enema bag off of Amazon. It didn't cost much money at all. If you want, you can DM me or email me. I'll give you the link to that. I filled it with probiotics from actually I used the John Duyard probiotics from lifespot.com. I really like those uh, powdery probiotics. So I used them and mix them with half a bag of water. I had never, no, that's not true. I'd done an enema before, but not that much of an enema. So I only filled the bag halfway and it worked. It actually, because I hadn't eaten in two days, it I was good. And then what you do is you put it up your butt and you just roll around on the bed. So you make sure, this is an important part Jenny Patel Thompson talks about, is you have to roll around to make sure that those probiotics get everywhere in your intestines. So that's what I did. I do want to warn you, if you go on listentoyourgut.com and you look up the colonoscopy protocol or the colonoscopy prep, be prepared that she does not believe in colonoscopy. She does not want people to get them. (laughs) That's her first choice. And for good reason, you'll read a lot about it. I've had three now and I feel that just make sure you go to a really responsible 
clean, extremely reputable facility. I think a lot of times with colonoscopy, it's like a cattle call. And that I think is where you get in trouble. But my gastroenterologist, yes, of course, there were some before me and after me and everything, but I didn't feel like it was a cattle call. I've heard situations where it's people just sitting in line of 15 people and they just take you one by one. I don't know how I feel about that. I understand it has to do with insurance and what you can afford and the whole thing. So just make sure that you have at least heard good reviews or you trust your gastroenterologist enough to be working in that facility. Definitely take customer service into your decision because the nurse was telling me that she was going to get her colonoscopy somewhere else because, you know, she's a nurse there. She doesn't want her team doing that to her. She looked and she said the two other gastroenterologists who were recommended to her, the place where they did the colonoscopies, the customer service was horrendous. And she said, you know what, I'm just going to go with my own team. So there you go. That's good to look into. And I remember Leah, I had read her review in an episode and it was so thoughtful and so helpful. She had said that the place that she got, whatever you want to call it, surgery center, where she eventually got her colonoscopy, they hardly contacted her. I mean, my place, I had to confirm twice. The nurse called me once. So they were well aware I was coming in and they were confirming and reconfirming. So make sure you have a situation like that. I forgot, I do want to say about the probiotic enema. This is really good. Jenny Patel Thompson says, if you have blood in your stool, and as I was doing the prep, I had started to bleed, which really surprised me, but I did, and I did that probiotic enema and no more blood. So just in case anyone's interested in that. Also going back to our listener, Leah, how she had scheduled a colonoscopy, rightfully so, on a Monday I've always advised don't do it on a Monday because let's say that you were throwing up or something happened and you can't get anyone at the office. No one's going to answer, especially if you have the colonoscopy scheduled for 7 a.m. on a Monday. No one's going to answer that phone. So I never schedule anything like that on a Monday. So I would say Tuesday through Friday is good. Save every email, every text, every voicemail they give you as proof that you are scheduled for that day. When I went to register, even though I registered online, I did the whole thing. I told you I got all these emails, texts, whatever. The woman for about 10 seconds couldn't find me. And then she found me, but I was prepared. I had all of my proof ready. I should describe a colonoscopy quickly. I have it in another episode. But basically what happens is they take you in They tell your ride that it's going to be about an hour and a half. The nurse takes you in. And if you're a woman 55 or younger, you have to pee in a cup and they test your urine for pregnancy, making sure you're not pregnant. Yay, I'm not pregnant. So that's good to know. (laughs) And um, then they make you sign all these documents digitally. Basically, if they, you know, stab you to death during surgery, you're not going to sue them, that kind of thing. Then we go into the surgery room or whatever you want to call it, and you undress. I wear contacts. This is not my first rodeo. I bought 
I, I bought, I brought my contact solution and also my contact case. So after I was finished undressing, I was able to take out my contacts and put them in a bag. They make you put your clothes, your, your shoes, everything in a bag. So that's always helpful. I kept on my bra and something else. Oh, my socks. So just so everyone knows, they don't allow you, at least my facility didn't allow you to bring in your purse, your cell phone. I had to leave that with my husband. So just so people know, but other people may bring in their cell phones and stuff. I I just don't know. I didn't. I mean, you could have easily hit it in the bag because they leave the room when you're changing, but I just, I don't know. I guess I didn't. I guess I could. Well, it doesn't matter. I mean, if you shut off your phone, it's not going to interfere with surgery. Anyway, I don't know why I'm going on and on about this, but you get in the bed, they come back in the room, they put a hot blanket over you, they prep you for the IV, they put it in your arm, the anesthesiologist comes in, explains the procedure, the gastroenterologist comes in, and here's where I want to talk about it. So of course he says hi, and I say hi, and we say, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Feeling good. Yes, I am. So then he says, did you complete the prep? (laughs) And I said, I did my very best. And he said, okay. And I said, I got a lot further than last year. So that's all I can tell you. Hopefully, you know, it goes well. Either he or the nurse, I can't remember which one, asked if I did either the Suprep or the Miralax colonoscopy prep. And you know what? He was about to go up my butt in 30 seconds I did not feel like having a whole diatribe with him about natural. So I just kind of lied and I said, oh yeah, I did Miralax because I just don't want to have the conversation, especially at that time. (laughs) So personally for me, I just kind of went with it and he was like, okay, cool. The anesthesiologist starts the IV and that's it. And you're off to dreamland. Uh, I remember him saying, okay, I'm going to start now. And that's all I remember. You wake up in the post-op room. There's a nurse there. You know, this is the second time it happened where I I just don't want people to be shocked. When you wake up and you're sitting on the sheets, the sheets will probably be brown under you because fluid has leaked out. I think last time there was a lot of blood because I was so inflamed. This time there wasn't. There was just brown under me. So I just don't want people to be shocked about that. That definitely happens. And I was, you know, kind of messed up and coming out of it. And I was surprised because my gastroenterologist came very fast. So I was still a little messed up. I I was understanding him just fine, but (laughs) I was a little bit too chatty Kathy. He was trying to get to the other patients and understandably so. And I do this, I notice when I go under anesthesia, I've been under anesthesia, I would say now at this point, six times in my life. And once I come out, I just want to talk and talk and talk. And I don't know why, because I'm not an incessant talker in real life. I know I seem like it on this podcast because I'm doing a podcast, but I'm not in real life. I listen. (laughs) I think I do my very best to listen. So I came out I'm still kind of fucked up, right? And he comes over and talks to me. So the good news is that this two-day mostly natural cleanse worked and the gastroenterologist received clear images of my intestines. He could see all around my colon. Therefore, the prep was completed fully and successfully. I was nervous and I'll tell you why. Because 
when you're at the end of your colonoscopy prep and you know you've cleared everything out of your body, you basically should be shooting either very light yellow liquid or I think the first time it was just clear white liquid like water out of my butt. Now, we won't talk about last year because that was a disaster, but this year I got to the point where I was eliminating, it got to a light yellow color and I had some yellow flakes in there. But then when I got to the um, hospital before the prep, I had to go to the bathroom. So I went to the bathroom and I was shocked because brown stool came out. Now it wasn't, you know, that form stool, but it was still brown stool. I was flabbergasted because I thought I had finished the prep and I was worried. I had talked to the nurse about it and she said, oh, don't worry about it. That happens sometimes. So anyway, the good news is I went through hell, but I completed the prep. Uh, I also want to explain, I should explain why I felt I went through hell. I put on Instagram, I meant it to be funny. People took it seriously. I think I said something like, I'm in colonoscopy hell prep. God help me there'll be an episode next week, something like that. I was kidding. Uh, you guys are so nice. You wrote back some really nice responses saying, oh my gosh, I hope you're okay. I hope you're surviving. I meant it as a joke, but still it wasn't fun. Uh, the two days was not fun, but I do it again. You know, I have to say it wasn't fun, but I definitely do juices and broths and the whole thing two days previous, just because I think it really clears out your system. So you know, but that's, of course, my thing. Definitely check with your doctor and you have to decide for yourself. But I was very excited that I had a nice, clean, squeaky clean colon. It's exciting. I've always wondered why, and I'm sure there's a reason and someone much smarter than me is going to write to me because you guys write to me and you're so smart. Why can't they do a colonic and then do a colonoscopy? Like, why can't they take all the stuff out of your colon? I guess... I guess because there's too much stuff up in there, right? Because it wouldn't release everything. Okay, I just answered my own question. But I would love that, right? Where you go in, you get a colonics, clears it all out, and then you can just get the colonoscopy. That's my dream. But I don't think that's going to happen. Anyway, the second piece of good news, which is amazing, is that I have healed my colon by 80% from last year's life-threatening flare. He said that my severe UC has now downgraded to milder UC. In the descending colon, he did find polyps, which are a cluster of cells. And he said this is usually normal when the colon is healing. However, he did take biopsies. I do not have the results yet. So I'm not 100% in the clear. He recommended another colonoscopy in one to two years. I'm hoping more like two to three years, but we will see. He also recommended that I see him every four months or three times a year for checkups, which I think is smart because that way I can do my calprotectin and my blood work results. I like doing that. I mean, I don't like doing that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's fine. I The place I go to 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 get the calprotectin and the, um, what's the other one done? Um, the blood work done is right next to my grocery store. So it's super easy peasy for me and I appreciate that. Please check your state if you live in the U.S. because if you don't see your doctor for over three years, you will be considered a new patient. That is not a place you want to be if you have an amazing gastroenterologist at all, okay? So for me, 
I want to maintain a healthy relationship with my gastroenterologist. I want him to know exactly who I am. So God forbid something happens in the future and he has to get me into a hospital. He's not racking his brain going, wait, I haven't seen this person in you know, two and a half years. I really don't know who they are. I want him to know exactly who I am, whether he likes it or not. I'm going to be there three times a year. I asked him about any trials for psilocybin or psychedelics to heal IBD. I would love to go this route. I've heard good results, so fingers crossed. If anyone hears of trials, please let me know. I have to say I was surprised. He was open to it. He said he would keep me in mind. I'm probably going to have to just write, um, write him a reminder email. Okay, this is kind of funny. I tried to do the probiotic enema after my colonoscopy because Ginny Patel Thompson, and I agree with this, says put the good bacteria back into your colon. I agree with that 100%. That doesn't even make sense. I agree with that 100%. (laughs) But here's the problem. So I woke up and I was starving. My husband already had avocado toast waiting for me. So I ate avocado toast and I do eat gluten for those of you that don't know. And then I noshed on some high-end pizza and spaghetti and meatballs because I do eat that and I stuffed myself. So, so, okay. So I ate all this stuff and then I decided to do an enema. So dumb. Dumbest thing I've ever done probably in life. Guess what happened? I couldn't hold it in. I tried it four times. I kept shooting it out. I finally, I was just laughing about it. It was just so ridiculous when I realized what I had done, I was like, no, 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 you need to like, clear yourself out. Well, I plan next time when I do this, because I'd like to attempt this maybe later in the week. And what I want to do is stop eating at 5 p.m., wake up, have a bowel movement, and then try a good probiotic enema, because I did like doing it. And I have to say, I'm sorry, I did not elaborate on that enema when it worked, it was really easy to keep the fluid in my butt, in my colon. I was able to sit up and type and watch TV. It wasn't a big deal. She says that, you know, make sure you have a good book or make sure you're watching TV or whatever. And and I agree, but I wasn't that sensitive. I felt that I could have actually, well, I didn't try it. So, but I felt that I could have walked around a little bit. I didn't. I just kept in my bed and was just doing work. I was fine. So I just want to tell people that. I do want to say that from 2021, it was night and day, the whole colonoscopy experience in total. Because if you listen to my first three episodes, I talk about doing a colonoscopy when I'm in a life-threatening flare and I could barely move. I... I say this respectfully. I look like a concentration camp survivor. You guys know what I mean. I could barely move. I was an absolute mess. I could barely, I mean, I couldn't even open a car door. I made myself do it, but I could barely do it. So it was really funny because I write in my UC book and I've talked about it. I think it's in episode two of this podcast when I talk about my flair that when I go to the surgery center, that it was a football field length. This is what I said, a football field length between reception and (laughs) in the waiting room could not have been 
more of an exaggeration. I mean, I was like, wait a minute, this is it? And I said to Craig, I said, so this is the place I went to last time, right? Last year. And he said, yeah, this is the same exact place. I said, the same exact place. He said, yeah, no, this is it. The same exact place. And I had it in my head that it was dark and gloomy and the floor was an ugly polished cement. The floor was carpet. I said to Craig this time, I said, was there always carpet on this floor? And he said, yeah. (laughs) There were bright open windows. It was a beautiful day. Now, granted, last time it could have been a really gloomy day. I just don't remember. So it could have been gloomy, but I just had it so built up in my head from last time. I had all the drama built up. So it, it made me laugh, but I do have to say it is a good perspective on when you are so sick that your mind plays tricks on you and that I had a, a totally different perspective from something that, you know, I saw this time around and it was, it was just crazy. So I just wanted to share that as well. So when you read about the football field in my book, did I exaggerate? I exaggerated. I feel grateful that I am 80% healed in my colon. I feel grateful that this colonoscopy experience was no drama at all. Yes. I, the two days of prep were a little bit of drama, but pretty much no drama. Uh, I, I couldn't have asked for anything more. And again, we still have to wait for the biopsy results. I love how I say we, because you're in this with me. So <laughs> we're all waiting. We're all on pins and needles for my biopsy results. It's like, you know, it's like an episode of, I don't know. It's an episode of your favorite TV show where you're dying for the next episode. Yeah, I'm sure. Oh, okay. I want to include this. A suggestion of a listener. You guys always write me the best suggestions because some of you have had this for Again, I've said this many times. I think the longest I've heard was maybe 37 years. And I've had it for now, well, I've been diagnosed for 13 months. So I love that you write to me and give me suggestions. This listener's name, who I got permission to use her name. So please know that. Her name is Siobhan. And you can follow her at Hurdles of Healing on Instagram. And she has a great Instagram. It's so well done. And she's a lovely human being inside and out. And she always gives me such great advice. She's not a doctor or a health professional that I know of. So please consult with your doctor first. And she recommended an all natural colonoscopy prep formula in Canada. It goes by the name Purge Odin. It's P-U-R-G dash O-D-A-N. And in the U.S. it's called Pico Salax. That is spelled P-I-C-O-S-A-L-A-X. And I was very happy with the active and the inactive ingredients. I found everything natural and healthy. And if I had known about this, I sure as hell would have done this over what I did. So definitely take a look at that take a look at some of the protocols from listentoyourgut.com. I'm not going to talk about the other website because it's not worth your time. Trust me on that. If it were me, again, I'd I'd do um, Siobhan's protocol or Siobhan's recommended protocol. But again, you really have to research for yourself. I did have a couple of other listeners who suggested other forms of prep, but I found, unfortunately, the inactive ingredients were exactly like Suprep or the laxatives. They weren't healthy at all. So this is the best all-natural 
colonoscopy prep that I've seen. And thank you so much, Siobhan, because I'm going to use this if I have to do it next year or in two years. So now I have that information. Oh, I have to talk about the upcoming episodes. See what you guys think. Where did I put that notebook? Okay, so I'm looking at November and I really want to do this for next week. It's now in my mind, the episode is called ingredients I don't fuck with. Now for reasons of optimization, I can't call it that, but just know it's in my mind, it's called ingredients I don't fuck with. So I want to talk about all the food I avoid and all the ingredients I avoid. And let me tell you something, here's a um, spoiler alert. It's a long ass list. So (laughs) get ready. That's why it's going to take me a while to prepare that episode. On November 17th, I may or may not do an episode on holiday eating. I'm still deciding on that. If I put together my Thanksgiving menu, then I'll talk about it. Either it's going to be a really great episode or not as exciting as I want it to be. So I am going to make that choice after I think about it and write an outline. And and if it's not going to be that great, then I'm going to scrap it and do something else. But I don't know yet what I'm doing. I'll have to think about that one. And then for American Thanksgiving, which happens November 24th, for those of you who are not in the U.S., Americans celebrate Thanksgiving on the third Thursday of November. And I want to do an episode to bring us back to good health because we're all going to be eating like crap. I mean, that's normal. You know, you're going to indulge a little. That's how it goes. So I finally want to discuss Ayurveda. I've been talking about it. I've been alluding to it. I'm going to actually do an episode on the basics of Ayurveda, which I'm really excited about because you have to know the basics to understand it. And then I'll give you a link to this really good quiz where you can figure it out by yourself. And uh, I think you'll like that episode because that will answer a lot of your questions to what I've been talking about. And then as of right now on 12-1, December 1st, I would love to have Joanne Pavin back on because she's awesome. And we've already talked about this episode where she is an expert in Ayurveda. She's gone to India twice to study it. So she can go into the advanced aspects of Ayurveda and we can have a really advanced conversation that I know you guys are going to absolutely love. And even if it's something where you're like, yeah, I don't think it's my thing. Don't write it off. Seriously, don't write it off because I found even if I'm not into certain principles, I am into other principles. So um, I think you guys will like those episodes. I don't know what I'm doing yet for the rest of December. I have someone that wants to come on who wants to speak about fecal transplant, which I'm really excited about. I think that's really cool. I've never met anyone that's, no, that's not true. I have met someone that's done that and I've heard mixed results. So I'd love to hear her results and uh, yeah. So a lot going forward. Thank you for the support of my colonoscopy prep. You guys are awesome. In my household, when we just have that perfect poo, that poo that just slides out of your body and it's just the perfect color. It's a perfect moistness. can't believe I said the word moist, but anyway, it's a perfect moistness and uh, it, there's no blood and you just, you, you turn around, you're so fucking proud of it. That is called a green heart. I wish everyone a green heart day.